What's up? It's Casey, and I have some really exciting news. If you don't know, now you know, SNABA is doing CEUs. That is right. You heard it correct. And we have a live one coming up on Saturday, May 15th at 1.30 Central Standard Time with actually someone who came on the podcast. Her name is Cassie. She came and talked about being a special educator and a BCBA. And the topic for her CEU is embedding ABA into classroom instruction. You will get two CEUs. It is a two-hour event that is created specifically for ABA professionals in the school system by an ABA professional in the school system. It is actual information on how to plan, set up for, and allow you to see that you can utilize our science in any classroom lesson. So head over to ceu.studynotesaba.com. Behavior bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey, and we are here bringing you episode 98. Casey, what do you have for us today? Episode 98. So I think this is a good one, but I'm not sure. Um, there's a name for this if you're still not feeling great. That's okay. That very okay. That rhyme, but. Um, I did get feedback from a friend that we should stop the rhymes, but we're not. <laughs> so we will continue the rhymes. That being said, I think it is time for our review of the day. And I think we really need this to reinforce ourselves up to keep going, especially since it is now 30 minutes into the episode and you have only heard us speaking for 30 seconds. That's because we can't get our shit right. Um, Casey is being very needy. She says that she has no volume on her computer anymore. So everything is screaming. So she so isn't, loud. yeah. So she is using her headphones as the smallest speakers ever <laughs> because they're not even in her ear and she can still <laughs> hear us. But without further ado, Casey, please, I need some reinforcement today. Girl, I'm going to recruit my own. Please <laughs> give us a review <laughs> the of the box. day. All right, coming in from Mandy in sunny California. I like, oh, no, take that out. It's coming in from Mandy from sunny Miami, Florida. Uh, it's titled, My FI Schedule of Reinforcement. I look forward to tuning in each Monday. You gals have made studying for the big exam so reinforcing. Thanks to the podcast and the SNABA Collective Bundle, I feel like I have been able to connect ABA concepts in a way that I could see it everywhere in real life. The variety of topics are so interesting, and it's fun to see ABA terminology being applied to them. I deeply appreciate how you guys bring in guests that are pioneers of applying ABA in new territories. I have learned so much and can now say I am a proud newly minted BCBA. Love Woo. you. Mean it. Congratulations. We're so proud of you. You And rock. welcome to the other side. Now, today's guest, I am super excited to introduce and she's much more valuable than the last time we had her on. We could ask her the exact amount of value that she has spent in schooling at this point, because I'm sure her student debt has gone up, which would actually decrease her value. But whatever, you'll, I don't know where I'm trying to go here. I'm, my jokes lately are like sucking <laughs> ass. Let me tell you guys, I'm tired. My jokes are sucking ass. Um, but without further ado, we have my childhood BFF, 
um, who is still my BFF, and we live right by each other in the same community. We went to the same school growing up for the majority of it. Then we went to University of Maryland together, and then we moved to Dallas, and our husbands are BFF. Um, so it's a very convenient friendship, as you can imagine, because you know what it's like when you have like, like you can't really hang out, like your partner can't really hang out with the other spouse. So without further ado, Nina, okay, Casey is exactly. putting her, <laughs> we're like, like, like this is a lot about us. I don't Come think on. people are tuning in for the Liot and Nina show. <laughs> they are, they want to know about you, Nina. Okay, guys, welcome Nina. Thank you so much. Good to be here again. You guys might remember Nina, I literally think from episode two, Skinner versus Freud. You also didn't get to why my value has increased. Like we really should have cut to that of like, I earned my doctorate. Oh, Nina's a doctor now, guys. So please show more respect to her. Um, Nina's a doctor and she finally turned in her thesis. Is it called a thesis? Dissertation. Thesis it's- for a master's degree, dissertation for a doctorate. Oh, well, excuse me. I only know the master's level. <laughs> well, <laughs> no problem. <laughs> All right. So Nina's a doctor now and that is super, super cool. And I tell everyone I know because, you know, I'm proud of friends doing cool things. But today's topic, Casey actually brought the idea to us. And I think Casey got it from one of you guys, one of our listeners. Am I right, Casey? Yep. Yeah. Shout out to Selena. I had seen it floating around on the, the interwebs. My aunt sent it to me too. Um, it's an article from the New York Times called, um, there's a name for the blah you're feeling. It's called Languishing um, by Adam Grant. So shout out to Adam Grant for writing this um, and clearing up something that I think all of us have been experiencing this past I don't know. It's probably going on longer than a year and a half, like a year and a half, right? 14, 15 months. Crazy. But when I read it, I was like, oh my gosh, this is actually so true. And almost when you can put a name to something you're feeling, it makes it real and that you're not alone. And we talked about loneliness last time. Um, So this kind of like stems off of that in a sense. But yeah, it's the article's about the basically the neglected middle child of mental health. And as Nina is a PhD in psychology, we yeah, thought it's important be- to note why I'm here. And no, <laughs> Leot's introduction was <laughs> fucking terrible. But anyway, no, Nina wants Casey. Why don't you tell them why you're here, Nina? Okay, so the story is that obviously I, I want to do everything I can for my best friend. I ask her, is there anything I can do? Anything I can do? Your baby's in the NICU. How can I be here for you? So she calls me up. She says, Nina, there's finally something you can help me with. Can you please do it? I'm like, yes, of course. I'm thinking it's like, make you dinner, drive you to the hospital. Can you come on the podcast? Because I want you to talk about depression and COVID and everything that's been going on now with telehealth. Yeah. So that's why she's here. Um, It's for the baby. Thank you, Nina. Very appreciated. Very appreciated. Um, And I thought this would be really interesting after reading this article about languishing, and we're going to talk all about it now. We have Nina, who obviously is coming from the, as we said last time, a counseling therapeutic perspective. Yes. And then you have 
Casey and I over here who are coming from this behavioral angle, but that does not mean that we put any of the counseling. I mean, I think we all need the counseling therapeutic part right, right about now. So um, without further ado, let's keep going. What's going on? Languishing. So a lot of people, I think myself included, during this, like COVID's been going on five ever now. And I mean, we have the vaccine in the horizon, which is exciting, or a lot of us even have the vaccine. Um, all of us, minus Casey, no offense, didn't want to call you out. But, <laughs> Both uh, of us. <laughs> all two of us, minus Casey in here. Um, and so that should be something really exciting. But I think a lot of people are confused how to feel because we've been in this weird middle ground for so long of which we now have a name for languishing. So can you tell us what languishing is, Casey or Nina? Yes. Um, well, based off what I read in the article is, so we have, there's a spectrum of mental health. So you have in one level, the like, I would say the lowest <laughs> would be depression. And then the other level, the highest would be your flourishing. Um, and kind of in between, it's this thing that they've coined languishing. Um, and it's basically some of the symptoms that they talk about is it's like you've got some energy. You're not like totally burnt out, but you're not fired up for the day. Um, you're feeling maybe a little joyless, um, aimless, a sense of stagnation and emptiness. Um, you're kind of muddling through your days. Um looking at life through like a foggy windshield. It was funny because Liat had said to me the other day, she's like, um, we should just take a day off. Just like, take a day off. Not just like because it's Shabbat or whatever, like just to take a day off. And she's like, what would you do? And I was like, my initial reaction was like, I would like muddle around through my day with like no aim or direction of just like my connection to who I am is work. And if I'm not doing that, like I've lost like the sense of like leisure. Like I used to, I think back on like what I did before and like leisure was like, okay. I was like able to like get through a yoga class or able to read a book. And like those behaviors are like no longer in my repertoire. Like the second I start doing a yoga class, my mind wanders. I pick up my cell phone. I know I shouldn't have it near me, but all of these things, I'm just constantly like checking multiple things and just like over checking. And, um, again, it, this also calls like disrupts your ability to focus. Um, and you just kind of become indifferent to being indifferent. And if you don't see your own suffering, you're not going to seek help um, or do much to help yourself. So it's this weird thing because it's not like you're, you're not clinically diagnosed as anything, but you're feeling well, I will something. say, no, you know, I don't know who wrote this article, Corey Keys. But what Grant. he is describing does sound like a low-grade depression. Like if you're looking at the DSM, you don't have to meet, A, all of the criteria ever when you're diagnosing someone for a psychological disorder. And B, when you have just lower amounts of a disorder, we get to specify actually like how extreme, how severe the depression is. So it sounds just like a mild depression that he's coined like a really fancy term for, <laughs> to be honest. Um, but I think these fancy terms, these pop psych terms are really helpful for people to be able to be more open about what they're experiencing, to have a buzzword that other people can catch on to and then relate to as well. But honestly, if someone came into my office and described all these feelings, 
I would give them depression diagnosis. It would just be more mild. That's in, that's an interesting way to put it. I think because I actually that was my next question for you before you said anything, Nina. I was going to say, how would you differentiate this from depression? As someone who has depression myself, mm -hmm. um, but who's been well medicated for mm -hmm. a long time, um, a lot a lot of it does seem similar, but these it, it's it's interesting because i mean i think it also happens in behavior analysis where like someone will like or or outside people will be like we're starting to use this positive praise like let's say that's the word and you're like mm -hmm. yeah they're using reinforcement you know exactly and there's like a new word that people feel like they could grip onto more and there maybe there's not a stigma behind it maybe it's normalizing mm -hmm, um for sure like I think, a lot I think of don't want another to term like that is also like social anxiety. In years past, someone would be very embarrassed to say that they had a social anxiety disorder. But now it's kind of this hip thing to say that came out of, I think, just right before the pandemic, that there was a ton of memes going on about how cool it is to stay at home by yourself. You don't feel like going out anymore. And you just throw this term around. Oh, you know, I'm social, socially anxious. But really, that is a psychological disorder you can be diagnosed with from the DSM. So I think it's kind of similar to that is like some things catch on and then more and more people are able to talk about it and share their experiences. Some people have more extreme cases and they really do meet a more severe criteria. Other people have a more mild case, like maybe not even meeting criteria, just maybe right underneath that, um, but still affecting their day to day life. So basically rebranding. They've had some good marketing within the mental health field. <laughs> yeah. Because I always was interested in that. Like, right? Like I have severe ADHD. And you you said you'd agree with that, right, Neen? Yes, I would. Um, <laughs> um and like that's fine to say, right? Like for some reason it's like, oh, I'm super ADHD. So true. But like as soon as someone's like, oh, I'm super bipolar. Not like, as cool. I'm super. I super suffer from depression, or it's I have like, schizophrenia. Not so yeah. Cool. Like like People not as chill. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's just yeah. some. So this languishing essentially is this, based on what I'm hearing from you, is nice rebranding of something to normalize I, it. Yes, I think this is such a true thing about what's going on in our world today, and I think it's a rebranding for mild depression. That's what I would say. Mic drop. Mic drop. That's why you brought me on, right? Just to explain <laughs> that. That exactly. there is actually a diagnosis in the DSM for that. <laughs> so I, I'm sure a lot of people listening right now can relate to these different um, symptoms that Casey had mm -hmm. read off from the beginning. Um, just kind of just this, and I don't know, maybe a word I'm adding to it is almost like an emptiness of... I mean, we've all experienced it. It's put a major change in our regular lives. I think now the idea of also, uh, I, I think confusion, at least I'm feeling a lot of confusion. I'm like, okay, I'm vaxxed. Like, am I down to do anything now, you know? Or mm -hmm. am I, like, do I go back to normal? Is is life normal now? Um, I mean, in Texas, if you want, you don't even have to wear a mask, which mm -hmm. I do. Um, so it's, it's really this confusion in between this loss of, I don't even know what is normal to me anymore. 
Also, yeah. like thinking about not seeing people's faces for so long, like what that does to your like psyche when you're like the sec. Like I went for a walk yesterday outside and there was a person coming and he like pulled his mask up and like I pulled my mask up even though we were outside. And it's like such a like the behaviors that you're like now, it's like totally not normal to not wear a mask. Like I don't even know. I would never yeah. even leave my office to go to the bathroom outside without my mask. And mm-hmm. I think just, that's. Like, yeah. The big question, Casey, of like, what is normal now? Yeah. I think a lot of people found a lot of comfort in the the normal of the pandemic mm-hmm. because there is a lot of safety in knowing exactly what you need to do of I need to do X, Y, and Z behaviors to keep me safe. Today, that is not going to the grocery show store, but using Amazon, um, not going outside without a mask and making sure I always have my like hand soap ready. Those are really easy things. But now when we're coming out, there's so much unknown, which I think actually kind of doubles down on this idea of languishing of what do I do now? How do I still keep myself safe? How do I, you know, change my behaviors? Um, And maybe you can apply a behavior term to that, but how do you adjust what you need to do? Because you know, to be psychologically more healthy or more of this, you know, thriving that you were talking about what before it was to get out and to run or to get together with friends and go to restaurants, whatever you yourself like to do. But there's so much of a question in our minds of, is this what I'm supposed to do or not? Is this safe again or not? Is this going to make me feel good or not? We, we don't know. And I think that's where a lot of the turmoil is coming from is this big unknown. And they talk about this term called frag fragmented attention. Um, and I think that all that goes along, like they say, it's you're constantly switching from one task to another without fully kind of like completing Nina's the task. Like, That's rebranding of ADHD. <laughs> <laughs> no, I wasn't. I was shaking my head. Yes, if I agree. That is not ADHD. That's a huge misconception. See, <laughs> Sorry, Linky. Smart. She's Sorry, smart trying one. to fit in. She's so smart. And I go on, Casey. Seen, I've just I definitely totally seen that. agreeing with you in the sense of like my every day. And also just like, it goes along with that thing. You're still trying to figure out what is the right thing to do. So it's like, just keep switching between like, sometimes Mm -hmm. I will, you know, be like, Oh, maybe I don't need to wear my mask today. Maybe I do. I don't know. Let me do, let me do it now. Like they're dropping the mask mandate in my town, I think this week, but like Mm -hmm. all the places are still requiring it. So it's like the mandate's down, but I'm, am I the asshole who doesn't wear it when they go outside? No, I don't want to be that person. Yeah. It's just like, so it just feels like a very confused state of what to do next. And Mm -hmm. also like when you do have like downtime, this is something I actually was going to talk to you about. Yeah. It's so weird. Like we, when I am, when we're in the collective and we're like high gear, it is like, I guess for me, like it's just so normal to like work from 8 a.m. to 11 p.m. You know what I mean? Right. And you and I, in the, in the beginning of the pandemic, like we, this, this flow where we like just immersed ourselves into projects and SNABA and like, we were just going all day. And remember some nights we would just be like, like, oh my God, it's six o'clock already. Like we've been working since this morning and then we have a break between collective and we had a baby and like, it's okay to like, this should be the time to take a break. And whenever we take breaks, we feel like we're losing control or something. And it's like, I think we're just so ingrained in our culture to work and work defines you. And uh, the more progress you make defines you. And like, if you're not, you know, continually keeping up with everything and you're not worthy and and it's like not okay to just sit back and be like, 
no, I'm going to go read a book. Like I bought a chair. I'm looking at it right now. A comfy oversized chair that Liat says looks like belongs in a dorm, <laughs> which it does. It's like a Papa's-on like a pink <laughs> yeah. chair. And I bought it for the sole purpose. And I put it next to my bookshelf of uh, my books for pleasure, right? And I look at it and I'm like, oh, I'm going to time block this hour and go sit in it. It has not happened yet. All right. It's been two weeks that I've been in this office. I haven't sat in the chair once other than to show Liat and then she made fun of it. But like, why can't I just sit and read a book? Why is that not good enough? Yeah. What is, so what I am think I you're talking about two really important topics. One is this idea of flow state and one is the idea of productivity. So the idea of flow state is that feel good feeling like you were talking about, about doing the collective and all the other awesome things y'all do. And you find that time just flies and you have no idea where that time went. That's where you're really working with your passion. You know what you should be doing, where you're supposed to be, and you feel secure. Like us as people, we're always looking for security and comfort. Can and I also add one to behavioral know, term in there? What? What's I want to add one term? behavioral term. Um, what is it? I think what we might call as like in the field of behavior as you found a good state of which um, this article is calling flow and what Nina's talking about. And we call it behavior momentum. Like you are, you're started, you got things going. Oh, we could switch from emails. We could switch to get a new guest for the podcast. We could switch to um, mm -hmm. writing a mock exam, you know, like. And, and you feel really confident in what you're doing. And you feel so Is good. that part of it? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like you're feeling sexy, you're like on a, this flow. <laughs> Yeah, it's great. Keep going. Yeah. You're, I just wanted to add that term in for anyone. So listening. that is attributed to really high psychological health and that you can look to that and say, wow, I have confidence in myself. I can know that I can do this well. And then you can apply that confidence to other aspects of your life. And then there's this idea of productivity that we see in our more westernized society that states that you have to keep going in that flow state that you have to keep working and you have to show what you have done. That's part of, I think, the big problem about productivity is that you have to prove what you were productive with. So someone could, could say, you know, what did you do today? What could you prove to me? And you know, you were in this flow state, you're getting great things done, but maybe there's nothing that you can show for it. Permanent that product, permanent product listeners. Uh, there oh, might yeah. not be a permanent product at the end because it takes forever to write a mock. Okay, keep going. <laughs> <laughs> okay, now I got confused. Um, so, right, you're asking, where's the permanent product? Permanent products don't always come from flow states, at least in our research. Ours because too. Because it you could might be, be you're yeah. just reading a book. You didn't get through the book. You were, you know, lost in this book. Like you're kind of wanting to get to with your chair, maybe. And <laughs> that doesn't always happen, right? But you know it feels good. You know that you're settled in that place. You feel confident. You feel secure. When someone comes to you and says, okay, what page did you get to? How long did you spend reading? Did you finish the book? Where's that mock exam that I asked you for two weeks ago? That's when you get into that productivity problem and you start to lose your way. When you start focusing on, I have to give someone a permanent product, um, it no Nina also measuring. Nina's also using great measurement procedures, guys. Oh, I am I? I yeah, you're like what you're like what page are you up to? What was the duration you read for? Um, how many new terms did you learn? Right? She's actually really um using giving, a lot of behavioral terms. I yeah, Nina. Nina is super behavioral, guys. She doesn't even know it. Well, she does. Well, actually. actually, I think I'm making an argument to not be so behavioral with yourself. Right? Yeah. Are you? 
Okay. Because then when you apply the measurement, that's when it starts feeling not so good. Wow. Well, you said those things and I was just saying those are measurements, you know, <laughs> but yeah, no, it's true. I think maybe as behavior analysts, we're even like worse because we're, we're so like hard on ourselves. I feel mm -hmm. like it's just like a, and it could just be also a personality trait, but like, I know that like, I'm getting work done. I know that like things are flowing fine. Nothing's mm -hmm. wrong. Like there's no like huge thing that I'm missing, but it's still like, it's a different state and it's like allowing yeah to feel okay in that state and not keep then trying to check things a million times, like to make yourself feel like you're doing more. It's okay to do less sometimes and it should be accepted. And like, so there was this um, fortune 500 company in India that set this like really simple policy for their, um, I think it was their engineers that there'll be no interruptions three days a week before noon. So like that they're time blocking basically, right? Like, no interruptions. If you're focusing on this one task, whether it's you're not responding to emails as, as an interruption or I'm not coming in your office or whatever it is. Um, and when they had the engineers manage this policy themselves, so like self-management, um, they saw a 47 increase in productivity. But when the company set the policy, there was a 65% increase of work productivity. So time blocking is such a huge thing that I think is, it's really hard to do to yourself. So like, the company setting the policy, you could see how much like they're like, oh, well, now it's actually required. Somebody else is setting that rule to me that I have to do this. Um, and so just an interesting thing. But yeah, Nina, can we mm -hmm. miss smarty pants, miss doctor? Doctor. <laughs> can we like what can we do when we are feeling maybe this languishing feeling? Sure. Well, to speak to that article first, um, I mean, I, I didn't read the exact peer review article myself, but my guess would be that people really struggle with setting boundaries for themselves. This is something that I talk about with Liat all the time is boundaries are so important, right? Not saying funny no, it's so true though. I probably talk to her about boundaries weekly. Actually, um, it was funny because uh, setting boundary, we got, we had reached out to some therapist on psychology today. I know Liat's uh -huh. like reaching out in the her response was so sweet back. She's like, at this time, I am no longer allowing myself um, extracurricular well, activities. She wrote an amazing article about individuals who fall in love like so quickly. And it's this like, like people who are like in love within one second. That's and I thought it was really cool. I was. Yeah. I wanted to have her on, reach out to her. And but she I'm said, like, set a beautiful boundary. I'm like kind. And I'm like classic psychologist. I even said, oh, she's just like Nina, classic psychologist. Like, I really made a promise with myself that I'm not going to take on anything else. During right the COVID and homeschool, she's homeschooling her kids. And it was mm -hmm. just like, I was like, oh, I want, like, I feel so like, I just, that is something that like, during this time, like, should be something so easy to be able to do. Like, actually, yeah. we just had a baby and we need to take a little bit of a break, mm -hmm. but yeah. none, neither one of us can seem to do that. Yeah, so many people struggle with boundaries. I mean, look at this article, right? Like 47% were able to do it when they set the boundary themselves. 65% increase were able to, right? Am I looking at the right numbers? Yeah. yeah. Um, were able to do it when the company did it for them. And I think that stems from a lot of people pleasing behaviors and worrying about if someone will still like you or not, and not wanting to disappoint others. 
Um, and I think that also kind of gets back into what we were saying before about that flow state of needing to protect yourself, needing to build up your own self-confidence to be able to tell someone, hey, I can't come on your podcast because I've made a promise to myself, to my family, to the things I love that I can't be separating myself more often than I can right now. And I think people respect that when it's done in a kind, assured way. But when it's, oh, I don't know, I really want to, but I can't, I've overextended myself, but I'm going to do it anyway, that's actually more awkward. And people often feel worse when they accept whatever they were asking for because you've kind of made it this like big deal when it might have just been easier for both of you to say no. <laughs> Nina is... Her middle name is Boundary Setter. She actually was at my house the other day, and there was a an, another young child here. I don't know, maybe 10. Not that. I mean, I don't know if that's young or not. And they're like, can I hold your baby? She's like, no. I'm like, whoa, girl. <laughs> I know I'd be like, oh, well, like, he's, like, if it was my baby, I'd be like, well, I just came out of the NICU. I don't know. I mean, okay, you could pet his foot or like whatever. <laughs> like, I know myself. I'd be like. Well, that actually is the rule that I did give her, that she could pet her foot, but nothing else. Um, and I think I that's, you know, people respect that. And unfortunately, I, in our I society, cool. for whatever reason. I thought reason, it was cool of you. It's, <laughs> I don't think it's about being no, cool. I think it's just No, I thought I've it was cool because you also were in front of the mom. That would make me also like, right. okay, if it's like a kid by themselves, I'll be like, yeah, no. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like whatever. I could set a boundary with a kid maybe. Right. But like as soon as like the parents there, it is more awkward saying no for sure. Something. Yeah, for sure. Especially if you're not used to it, it is really challenging to tell people no. And I think that's getting back to also what Casey was saying is there's such a push in our society to prove, to show up, to have these high productivity margins or whatever else people measure in behavioral settings. And I think that also goes along with it of I have to give everything of myself to other people. Um, but that's really not the case. And I think that kind of answers also your question of we went into this state, our world of, I don't have to give anything to anyone. My number one job is to take care of me and the people who live in my house. So that equals washing stuff all the time, ordering things online, not going outside of the house, whatever it meant to you. And you know, a very clear answer to that. So that's an easy boundary to set because everyone was setting the same boundaries at the same time. And no one's going to question you when you say, oh, I can't go do this. I can't go do that. It's a very simple answer. All you have to say is it's a pandemic. I'm keeping myself safe. Totally easy to do. Now things are changing. There's more of an expectation to get out of the house, invite people, go out and do whatever you need to do. And now these questions are coming back and you can't just give that simple answer of it's a pandemic. Can't. So now you have to either stand on your own laurels and say, I'm confident in myself and what I feel confident in, and I'm going to say no because I don't feel comfortable, or you're going to have to like come up with something else. And that's where it gets awkward. Like what you were saying of, oh, my baby's in the NICU and I don't want to say no. And I'm so sorry. Like, stop saying sorry. Just say no and do what works for you. That's probably my big boundary advice. speech. <laughs> and what you should do for this languishing issue is number one, start setting some good boundaries. I think another one is like focusing on like small goals. So like, you know, for anything in life, I mean, I, it's like, 
you have to accomplish this like big thing. And that's like the only way you get like praise or recognition. And it's like, okay, sometimes getting out of bed is a win. <laughs> I'm like, you know, like showing up like for the day for whatever it could be, just celebrate those small wins um, and pat yourself on the back for those instead of being so like critical and like just hard on yourself. Um, and just, you know, again, like when you get to your office or at home, whatever, wherever you are, like we talk about like high P, high P, low P. So like do some things that are really easy in the beginning to build that behavior momentum to then have to tackle the emails or whatever you're dreading of the day. Like start easy and it's okay mm -hmm. to do that. Like I started pulling out these like affirmation cards. <laughs> like I'm like, I'm just going to read an affirmation card real quick. <laughs> like it's so sweet. And just like, um, but yeah, there's definitely, I think everyone's probably feeling something along these lines. And I think the article was really, you know, kind of, it was definitely well-written and I feel like it did coin a term for people that maybe like, but I'm not depressed, but I'm not flourishing. I'm not my best self. Mm -hmm. I'm languishing, <laughs> but like, definitely. how can we get out of that? That's the question. Like, great. Like we can coin it, we can name it, but like, now it's up to us to take the steps individually to recognize, you recognize it, you see it, right? And now it's like, all right, now what can I change in my own life and my own behaviors to stop mindlessly muddling through my day mm -hmm. and being mm -hmm. mindful in each task that I'm doing? Um, and it's a skill you kind of have to really practice and be, again, pay attention and be mindful for what, how many times did you, you know, switch between one task before you got it done. Like yesterday we were trying to read this article. It took us literally way too effing long. And it was because we'd start. It's not like, even like a research article. It's a New York times article. <laughs> yeah. And so like, it's like, a all of a sudden I'd be, like, I'd be like, Oh wait, um, an Instagram message popped up and they need to know the dates for the fall collective. Right, I'll do that. And then it's like, Oh, when we have a class night, I'm, let me email the teacher who's teaching tonight. And Oh, it's just like, and then we both like look at each other like what in the world is seriously wrong with us? <laughs> so yeah. Yeah. Maybe one of the things that you could also do is practice a little self-compassion. I think you were starting to get at that as well when you were saying those small goals mm -hmm. of being proud of yourself just for getting out of bed that day, being proud of yourself for taking that shower, for stepping outside of the house in whatever way feels comfortable to you. Um, Kristen Neff does some beautiful work on self-compassion. And if any listeners wants to read her work, I would highly recommend it. She also has different activities on her website that you can do just to ease back into these day-to-day -day tasks and not being so hard on yourself of, oh, I didn't do enough or, oh, I didn't read fast enough or I didn't meet that permanent product that someone else was expecting of me, but just starting with some compassion. Mm -hmm. Or that you're expecting of yourself. Like I got to mm -hmm. say, like on a personal level, I, I know that Casey and I struggled with this a lot, especially because we were in such a state of flow. Actually, at the beginning of COVID, it was like we for the first time we were locked down, had to like be there and mm -hmm. we were like in this state. And so it was like this idea of like constantly creating something new. And like now let's say that I like just had this baby and we're like, you know, we're in a state of maintenance right now for like the next month, like of just keeping things stable, steady, where they are, what we already have to keep going, right? And I think just the idea of being comfortable, like, I know that we struggle, like, like, really struggle with it. Like, literally from, like, the day that I gave birth and, like, was, like, shitting my brains out with C. diff, I'm like, 
Oh my God. Okay. What is our new merch? Do we have a new idea for it? Do we have, you know, like whatever it is. And it's like, dude, maintenance is okay too on days. Like just the idea yeah. of just, just maintaining where you are. <laughs> and we know as behavior analysts, we teach, we always teach for maintenance. We want behaviors to maintain. Um, and it's okay that they're not learning a new skill every single day, but that the behavior over time is maintained, right? It's what is that quote? I always mess up quotes, but it's a marathon, not a sprint. Is that it? Like, yes. Yes. That it's okay. If things aren't going at high speed, I am such a high speed human being. And when things aren't high speed is where I'm like, Whoa. And then you're stuck also with your own thoughts of like, (laughs) that's when things get uncomfortable. Yeah. So definitely. I think that Nina, thanks for shedding some light on this for us in your sweet, calm voice. I'm sure a lot of people out there are listening saying, yes, yes, I needed to hear this. So, but I also yeah. want to know, Nina, if there's anything else before we close off that you would add in that, like, let's say you had someone come in describing these type of feelings they're having. Mm-hmm. Um, I think like Casey and I have like personalized it a lot with like our own personal issues we're going through with like, you know, trying to run something, but like you have someone come in and be like, you know, it's not that I'm burnt out. It's not that I hate my job. I'm just there mm-hmm. or I'm, you know, it's just like just in a rut of just like day in, day out. Like what, is there anything else that you personally as Dr. Nina Boundaries Kalmanson uh, Istrid? Um, what would I say to them? Yeah. What, what, is there anything that you would add in? Yeah. So my gut reaction is usually to say, go to therapy, but probably as many people know, therapists are in very high demand right now and there's more demand than there are therapists. Um, so to those people Tell me about it. I like hunted down. I've been on the lookout for one. I've gone to, I literally, I, there's an office space that was empty next to mine and I saw a lady moving in the other day and I'm like, I don't know what made, I saw her bookshelf and it had like the happiness trap and like mm-hmm. some other like books that I had. And I'm like, oh my God, she must be some kind of therapist. I hunt her down. I go to the directory, like find her name. I immediately Google her, email mm-hmm. her. Is she taking new clients? No, no. Yeah. And she's like, I'm so wait sorry. Wait list on really top of wait list these days. And so I found, I went to Instagram and I luckily somehow found this EMDR intensive, but they don't take my insurance. It's so much mm-hmm. money, but I'm like, I need it. So I'm going to do it, know, but it's so like, hard. holy crap. It is hard. So anyone out there, like I, I'll, I do recommend too, like see yeah, hang in there. Yeah. Yeah. To those people that are waiting on the wait list, hang in there. It'll mm-hmm. hopefully be worth the wait. <laughs> yeah. um, and while you're waiting, you know, I think people often look to coping skills. Um, I think a lot of people are going to have to do some deep work after, you know, coming out of this pandemic and figuring themselves out and who they are as this person before the pandemic and now after the pandemic. Well, I don't think you can say after, but whatever, this new person that they are today. But until then, I would say look to your coping skills, breathing, meditation, apps, um, self-care. And it doesn't always have to look like a bubble bath and a perfect exercise routine. It can just be sitting down on your couch, watching Netflix and telling yourself, I'm doing this so I can separate myself from my thoughts that are bothering me today. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I would say also reaching out to the friends and family that you have and talking about this openly. I think you'll find, and maybe now with this new term languishing, you can say, hey, I heard about this new term languishing. Any chance you feel that way too? And you can have that chance to connect. I think that's what people are really dying for, especially after this pandemic, is just to connect, to connect. So take that opportunity in whatever way you feel comfortable. And then what... Casey said of like setting those small goals is take small steps and then have an internal dialogue of like, okay, that felt good. And if it didn't, don't do it again and try something new. Um, but that's what I would say for now. And then stay on that wait list for therapy. The therapists are coming. Just like Nina's coming. Nina's <laughs> coming. Like, like, look, guys, Nina's added. If, if you're looking, Nina's available. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. And one thing that what you just said, Nina, that I just I know we're closing off now, mm-hmm. but this I the, the one sentence you said, like really also just because I listened to Brene's Brown's vulnerability thing yesterday. I've heard it before, but mm-hmm. I listened again yesterday. She's and so good. Multiple so, times over. Yeah. And just that idea of like talking to someone else and being like, you know, I've been like now that we have this new term, languishing, like I, I've been feeling this. Like any chance, like most likely when you share your vulnerabilities. It and I know Casey spoke to someone about something that she deals with recently, and she's like, I just feel this like huge weight off my shoulder. And it's like mm-hmm. when you share something out loud, you know, and it's like, you know, I've just been dealing with this, you know, uh, this feeling of just like I'm here, but I'm not here. Whether you're describing languishing or you're describing for me, like right now, like having a baby in the NICU, like I'm petrified half the time, you know, and when you share that. And you create that human connection just by allowing someone the opportunity to say me too. Mm-hmm. It, it, I, I just, for anyone out there who feels like they're alone dealing with these different things, I want you to know that by not having to have this like strong, like, oh, I'm fine, like blah, 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 the entire time will, and I can tell you from personal experience, will free you so much of a lot of the feelings that you do have. So yeah. I would really recommend not always holding it inside and you'll realize that you are not alone for most stuff. Like mm-hmm. after I shared my uh, preemie thing now, the stress, like suddenly I'm like, like, did anyone have a full-term labor? Or like once I like <laughs> shared my lupus, it's like, oh my God, does the whole world have an autoimmune disease? You know, like you'll realize you are just not alone. So just want to keep you guys remembering that if the, if you needed this as your um, – your response prompt to go get therapy and you need someone to give you the instruction, I'm telling you right now, go get therapy, um, sign up, get help wherever you need, talk to others. And we are all in this together. Beautiful. With that being said, guys, we've reached the end of an episode. We're able to bring it to you this week. This is a huge success, permanent product off our list. So we will be very happy (laughs) (laughs) that we've got this out to you and you hopefully it helps someone listening or you can relate in some sense. You know where to find us. You can find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast, Facebook, Behavior Bitches Podcast, on our website, behaviorbitches.com. And as always, love ya. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us, 
and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard, because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who help us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. 